the peace and the calm come in. Speak to the storm to move it out of the way, away from my house and out of my direction. Drive through it, and I went home, and when I looked out later, it went to the other side, and I found out the next day it was dropping, like, softball-sized hail into the, um, the area on the other side there. Um, but it's a great way to find out if we really trust. It's an opportunity to rest. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray again. I did five audio checks before this, and everything worked perfectly, and then we went live, and it completely broke. It's a sign and wonder. There's no explanation for it whatsoever. Absolutely crazy warfare against us. So we thank you, Father, for releasing your warring angels. We loose and command Prince Michael of all warrior angels of the kingdom of heaven upon our enemies, all the witchcraft of Satan coming against Red Letter Ministries and coming against the living, coming against Donald and Melania Trump, coming against all the free people of Jesus Christ in America, be completely destroyed by the glory and the power of our angel armies tonight. And what the enemy meant for evil, God shall turn for good. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for intensifying spiritual and natural glory in all our hearts and all our flesh. Two areas right away I want to just dive into. Hallelujah. It talks about the glory of the Lord Jesus in Revelation and the glory of the Father. <laughs> Two different glories. Luke actually talks about the glory of the Father, the glory of the Son, and the glory of the angels, which is the glory of the Holy Spirit. That Jesus in his second coming will come in threefold glory. He comes in the glory and the majesty of the Father. He comes in the glory and the majesty of himself. And he comes in the glory and the majesty of the holy angels. Notice they're different glories. Why? Talks about no longer needing the moon and no longer needing the sun. The glory of the sun and the glory of the moon. The glory of the Father and the glory of Jesus. Two different glories. What is it? Jesus is the glory of the flesh. It's true. Jesus is the glory of flesh and blood. That's the part of the Trinity that he plays. Equal to the Father, equal to the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the glory of the flesh and the glory of blood. Drink my blood. New covenant. The glory of his blood and the glory, eat my flesh, the glory of his flesh. Physical glory. Jesus is our physical glory. The Father is our spiritual glory. Jesus said it. John 4, 24, God is spirit. God is our spiritual glory. Jesus is our natural glory 
and you are created in the beginning, original design to have the fullness of both. <laughs> mm. And then what are the angels? The glory of the angels is what fills your houses right now, your cars, your rooms, your businesses, heaven on earth. The angels maintain the fullness of physical glory, the glory in your bones, the glory in your bloodstreams, the glory in your brains, the glory in your bank accounts is all the glory of Jesus. Natural glory, flesh glory, and blood glory. That is the entirety of the function of the Messiah to not just have spiritual glory, but to now have natural glory also through Jesus Christ. And you need to live in the fullness of the three glories. See, God's coming through you. The coming of the Lamb isn't some flash in the sky. It's nonsense. The coming of Jesus is being birthed in your heart. Acts chapter 1, men of Galilee, why do you stand here staring into the sky? This same Jesus will come in like manner in his second coming. He came through a woman. He's birthed from the womb. He's going to get birthed through the bride's womb. He's coming through our bellies. He's coming through our spiritual stomachs. He's going to be birthed out of our innermost beings. Amen. <laughs> you are birthing the second coming. Jesus is not coming from the outside. He's coming from the inside of believers. The new covenant is 1 Corinthians 6:19. Your body is the temple. The holy of holies, the throne of the Father, is rising in your spirit. Your spirit's right here. And it'll rise all the way up your heart. And it'll come out your face. And the company of believers that births the throne of God from their spiritual stomachs outwards is called the bride of Christ. Because they've birthed Christ. What's the whole point of the bride? Creating a family. Get married to be together, to be intimate together, to have natural relations together, to have kids together. All of that represents you marrying God and creating a divine family. The family of God, the body of Christ. What are you birthing? Do you know that you're birthing even if you don't know it? Because that's part of God's design. People are birthing whatever they believe in. Whatever you have faith for, you will birth every month of your life on earth. People birth sin. People birth evil spirits. People birth sickness and disease. It's a birthing. It comes out of the womb. Someone might birth it on you, but if your womb's clean, you birth the living waters. You can wash anything anyone throws on you. No unclean thing could ever attach to someone who has rivers flowing out of their bellies. Not possible, you just be washed. So the whole point of staying clean is having rivers flowing out of your innermost being. The first part is getting pregnant. Then your waters break. Anybody ever get pregnant by God, the Virgin Mary? Important virgin because it's not sexual intercourse like a husband and wife. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's called getting born again. You got impregnated with God's seed, Greek word sperma, 
1 John, you are born of the incorruptible sperma of the word of God that cannot sin. <laughs> so your spirit got filled with God the Father's sperm. Natural sperm symbolizes divine sperm, first in the natural, then in the spiritual, it is written. This is an advanced teaching, guys. This is sound thousand-year-old doctrine that we need to reintroduce to learn how to birth the things of God because Jesus is only coming back through a people, through a bride who knows how to birth family. Very little birthing going on, very little travailing. Travailing in childbirth. Bringing heaven to earth through the womb, Greek word innermost being, your spirit, your 21 gram eternal person that has the full capacity bringing all of heaven through it if you submit yourself to God, which is obey his word. And so we begin to get impregnated by believing the words that come from God. Fills your spirit. You feel full. You ever have fellowship with brothers and sisters and afterwards you feel like you ate a meal? The truth is you impregnated each other with the divine sperm, with your divine nature. It's called being like the angels. That's how angels are intimate. Michael is intimate with Gabriel and Raphael. It's not natural intimacy. It's super natural divine intimacy song of solomon reality the very few have experienced everyone has misconceptions because they think sex <laughs> and that's okay because there's grace for it because we're coming out of total total animal depravity and god will renew our mind to the ways of the angels to no longer be giving and taking in marriage but being like the angels having inner man intimacy which is called fellowship living in the kingdom realm of zion's glory inside each other's spirit life with our brains fully submitted to our spirit christ in you the hope of realizing the glory this is called the knowledge of the glory from those who have realized the glory of the new covenant no longer serving an external religious demon pretending to be jesus stealing our confidence high in the sky, carried on a stick, false Christianity. We came out of Jezebel, my people, as it is written. False, charismatic, voodoo, doo-doo. And we got into Christ in you. <laughs> the progression of knowing him within is true divine growth. See, this isn't a part of the gospel. This is the unraveling of all the kingdom of heaven through your inner man. The daily discipleship and the daily picking up your cross and following him and the daily being crucified with Christ is having your outer man sacrificed to God in your inner man, burning your five physical senses with the fire of the Holy Ghost. A day that you don't sacrifice your five natural senses to like what Brother Nikolai said last night on his broadcast, the seven senses of God or the seven spirits of God to God's senses, that's the day that you lived fallen. <laughs> Falling short of the glory. What's the glory? The seven spirits of God. 
glory we know is the white Shekinah light of God the Father, the glory of the Father. You take the seven colors of the rainbow, spin them real fast, it turns into white light. White light, white Shekinah glory has all the colors of the rainbow in it moving faster than the speed of light. That's God the Father. God the Father is the seven spirits of God. That's the glory of the Father. And that's the glory that's growing inside you. You're growing in God's senses. <laughs> God's senses automatically discern all other senses. What does the Bible say in Hebrews? That maturity is having your spiritual senses fully exercised. Exercising your seven spirit of God's senses, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of the Lord, the menorah. Menorah, we got it over on the shelf next to Mr. Rogers over there. It's the seven spirits of God. It's the only light of the seven candlesticks of the seven golden lampstands of the seven churches of Asia Minor, representing the light of God's body, God's priestly bride on earth carrying the burning anointing oil from the Garden of Eden out of intimacy. Torching the planet and that fire and that oil and that light of the Holy Ghost in your inner man, in your spirits on fire is the only light in the world. There's no other light except the Holy Ghost on earth. The sun's not light. <laughs> the stars are not light. That's created light. That is not the light of God that's not true light true light has come into the world and the nations rejected the true light because it revealed that their works were evil John chapter 1 says God is light what's the light the menorah what's the menorah the seven spirits of God the seven senses of the father's light being <laughs> The fallen man has five natural senses. The risen man has seven supernatural senses. Let that unfold in your spirit. Let it conquer your heart, your brain, and your bones. Going from glory to glory is ever-increasing spirituality until we are walking in the same natural glory as Jesus. Remember, his body just flew right up into the cloud, Acts 1. That's some natural glory, man. Where are his bones? Where is the flesh of Jesus? What happened to his blood? Philippians chapter 3. And we likewise will be transformed and transfigured into his exact same celestial flesh. That's the hope of glory. The hope of conquering death in the flesh. Having the natural glory of the Lord Jesus. Your bones and your marrow different. Your eyes flashing with fire. Your brain like a white stone with a new name on it. Light shooting out of you. Brighter than the noonday sun. You ever read Acts chapter 9? Jesus visiting Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. What is the bright morning star? That ball of light in the flesh that hovered 20 feet over the road and blotted out the desert sun. 
that light was so bright that the Bible says Saul was blind for days. Days, people. The blinding light of the Shekinah glory, the blinding light of the Kavad glory, smacked the false light of religious wickedness in the serial killer, which was just self-righteousness. All he was doing is practicing self-righteousness. Like the people that we deal with so often that come in. I, I this guy came in last night to Red Letter Ministries. <laughs> you know what we deal with, you guys. And, and this man started saying these things, and I just felt the demons, the religious demons in him. But you know, I always give people a chance. Even if I can feel the devil in them, I really want to give them a chance. I want them to see if their hearts are soft, to come into the glory of God, to live in heaven. And so I just let him go on and on, and he's private messaging me, and he's messaging in the RLM group. And I said, Lord, what do you think about this guy? You ever ask for prophetic words for people that aren't really walking in the glory and maybe fighting the glory? I couldn't believe what God said about him. I don't even know if I should repeat it right now. But for your teaching and understanding, the Spirit of God said he's against my glory and walks in the wickedness of self-righteousness. Exactly, he said he's anti-glory and walks in the wickedness of self-righteousness. And that's before he really manifested on me. He got really bad after that. And then I had to block him. Interesting. People come in all the time pretending to be sheep but are actually wolves. Anyone who's anti-Father God glory is no child of God. How can you be a child of God and fight the glory of God since God is the light of his glory? God is that Acts 9 light that confronted the murderer down in the dirt, Saul, riding the white horse representing pride. Riding his horse of pride, going around town to town arresting Christians. Self-righteousness and wickedness is the pride in the fallen angels for everyone that practices external Christianity. Because it's not real Christianity. Real Christianity is internal Christianity. Few, few find it. Many find external religion. Not a single one ever found God. That's all paganism. That's all fallen angel religion. Even in the old covenant, you weren't really obeying the spirit of the law. You weren't walking with God unless you were walking with him in spirit obeying him from your heart and the prophets did that and they did everything they could to get people out of religion out of their brains <laughs> into the spirit do you see god desperately trying to wake people up by spiritual acts shocking the five senses of the prison of the fallen angels to get them into the supernatural seven spirits of god senses of of the father to become children of the spirit out of being children of the flesh See, it's only when your spirit's awakened does the glory of the Lamb begin working in your bodies. 
So you get the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. And you get the Son of God that begins working in your blood, your bloodlines, cleansing your heart, cleansing your brain, your eyes. Everything that you read about of Jesus Christ in Revelation 1, eyes of flashing fire, hair white like lamb's wool, boots of burnished bronze like having been refined in the fire. He's wearing his high priest ephod, breastplate of righteousness. He's wearing the full armor of God, isn't he? On his head was a crown of solid gold, Revelation 14, 14 says. That is the glory garments that the Father has prepared for you. It's time to put on the garments of glory. It's time to wear the glory of the Father and the glory of the Son and the glory of the angels. You need all three. Why? The Bible tells you. The Bible says you need the glory of the Father as Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Ghost rise within you. Colossians 2.10, you are made full of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and have reached full spiritual stature. So the whole Godhead, or the bright morning star, is rising in your hearts. You don't get more of God you get more repented towards God in you. Where people miss it and never find him is because their brain's still connected to the external realm. Brains connected to video games, brains connected to television screens and computer screens, cell phones, connected to cars, connected to flesh and blood, connected to everything external. But only those whose brains, whose minds are repented, which means returned to the Spirit of God in your spirit, walk with God at all. No one walks with God unless their brains are repented to the Spirit. Right here. Right in your belly. <laughs> and that's when Christianity gets fun because you begin to know Him. Before that, you didn't know him. You knew about him. You had your opinions. All of the opinions burn. It's all pride. You had all kinds of doctrine, theology. You're full of teaching. It was all in the brain. If you're honest with yourself, you were a lot like Saul of Tarsus. Now you're encountering the glory of Jesus in Acts 9. And it will every day knock you off your horse. It will every day cause scales to fall off your eyes. That ain't a one-time deal. That is a progressive salvation unfolding through our repentance, which is putting our heads under his spiritual headship within our hearts. Why is it so hard? Because we're trained to be led by our brain, by Satan. Now the Holy Ghost and the angels and the very words of God are trying to reprogram your brains to be controlled by the heart realm where Jesus Christ is seated on the throne. I'm sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. What's a wolf? The brain realm. What's a sheep? The heart realm. Heart realm is beautiful. Oh, it's a place of heaven. Luke 17, 21 says the entire kingdom of heaven is in the heart realm. 
right here. Can you believe that all the kingdom of heaven can fit in your 21 grams? Why 21 grams? They did extensive scientific research on the human body, and they found when every person died, they instantly lost 21 grams. So they came to the conclusion that the human spirit weighed 21 grams. There was no other explanation. Do you know that Jesus' spirit only weighs 21 grams? The spirit of Jesus? So what kind of weight is this? It's the weight of spirit. Do you know that's the 21 grams that created the heavens and the earth with a whisper? It's, it doesn't take the natural strength of Goliath. It takes the supernatural strength of the child David, which is faith. Just knowing his God is real. Just believing in the promises. <laughs> faith is more powerful than the natural realm. Faith moves mountains, Jesus said. You could say unto this mountain, be cast into the sea, and it would obey you if you have faith like a mustard seed, which means if you're born of God's genetics. <laughs> Once you're like the angels. Do you know you're born again like the angels? Giving and taking in marriage is external, knowing each other, which is not knowing each other. That's why divorces everywhere. They live as outer men, outer women. They never knew the eternal person. If you know the eternal person and you're in heaven, that there's no more divorce. There's no more giving and taking in marriage. There's, I mean, do you understand that's the promised land? That's the Garden of Eden. That's Song of Solomon reality. That's what's coming forth in the birthing of Jesus Christ through our hearts that we know each other's angels like the angels. They are the children of the resurrection and they are the angel-like sons of God, Luke chapter 20. Being like the angels is simply living entirely as spirit beings with the entire heart, brain, and bones yielded to the spirit so that your spirit infuses your flesh and your very eternal angelic being is beaming with radiation glory through your flesh going from glory to glory by a progressive sacrifice of the outer man to the angelic man to the heavenly man and there will be no longer male or female why because they're not living out as the outer man <laughs> people haven't been that brave to sacrifice the outer man to go into the angelic man. And you have to know Jesus inside your angelic spirit. The word spirit is the same word for angel. Same word. God is spirit. Greek word angel. God is angel. Think about it. Where do you think angels come from? Monkeys give birth to monkeys. Giraffes to giraffes. Mammals to mammals, amphibians to amphibians, reptiles to reptiles. Where did the angels come from? An angel had to create other angels. They don't just ex exist out of nothing. There is a creator angel, his name is Yahweh, 
or Jesus Christ. It's called the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament over a hundred times. <laughs> the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that took on the flesh inside Mary's womb. That same God, that same angel. <laughs> so <laughs> the demons would be freaking out everywhere he went because they're creator angel because they used to be angels demons are just former angels <laughs> and they say man oh man there comes my creator <laughs> we are so screwed <laughs> have you come to torment us before the i mean there wasn't really any contest anywhere he went was there all the angels recognized him satan recognized him satan stood up against him tested him, tried to exploit the weakness of the flesh, but his spirit was so strong. His spirit is so amazing, you guys. You look at the temptations of Jesus to the devil in the wilderness 40 days, though at his weakest points, there was no wiggle room to even possibly doubt his father. That's the perfection of our chief. That's the perfection of our master. That's whose seed you were born again of. That's whose bloodlines you've been engrafted into that family tree. You are now of the divine genealogy. <laughs> and to the measure you believe it, you reveal it. To the measure you believe it, that's the measure that you feel it. Who's harboring doubt in their heart? Man, look at all these liars. <laughs> We're still all dealing with doubt. That's why we don't feel it intense enough. You want to feel it like the morning star. Like the Acts 9, Jesus Christ light being. What is that thing anyway? I mean... Is that the standard of a normal Christian? Is he the firstborn from the realm of the dead and he's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters? What is that ball of light hovering 20 feet over the road to Damascus? And what is the religious entity getting just eaten up, screaming on the ground? That's us and God. You can say, oh, that's the apostles' conversion. It is. It's also yours. Maybe not that dramatic, but that same dramatic manifestation took place inside your spirit. Every single person has a Saul of Tarsus conversion. No exceptions. And it might be after you're a Christian 20 years. It might be tonight. But there is stuff falling off of you continuously. Scales, horses, horsemen, strange fire, blindness, darkness, gaping around in darkness. He said, take me by the hand and lead me. I can't see. <laughs> so when the glory of the Lamb shows up, what does it do to religion? No wonder why the darkness of the demons 
fight the glory of God with everything they have. Look at what it does. It mutilates them. All their power just melts like scales off of human eyes. The whole kingdom of hell is obliterated by people that step into the glory of God. As Christians, it's not enough to just contest for the gifts of the Spirit, for charismatic activity. That's cool. The Bible says lust after spiritual gifts. We love spiritual gifts. All of them. Wonderful. The more the merrier. But let's make sure we're using them to get into the glory. Otherwise, even in the using of our gifts, we're not even doing damage to hell. We want to make sure we're doing damage to the darkness and not just isolating ourselves with our gifts inside our buildings, whatever. As long as the glory of God is spreading, the kingdom is advancing. What is the glory of God? Knowing him inside your inner man and from there expanding out and Jesus Christ was crucified for the glory to expand now through your flesh and the father to take up residency in your spirit I have a little picture to share with you guys just to help visualize uh, these words and bring them into your natural dimension the gifts of God using them for the Lord. He showed me a picture one day of a garden, and then he showed me the gifts of the Spirit were like gardening tools. Different, you know, you got your shovel and you need a garden hoe. You've got, you know, all these different you know, watering um, pots and, and hose and all these different wonderful, some very strange-looking devices. Some are more common than others. <laughs> If you're not trained in how to use it, you're not going to like, yeah, that's not even a gardening tool. I've never seen that before. But trust me, it, it's highly effective and specialized. So the tools, the gifts of the Spirit were actually to make the garden more fruitful. But if they were just used in the brain for ourselves and not for this community garden, all they accumulate to be is just gardening tools sitting in a shed collecting dust not being useful, not adding to the fruitfulness, but it's when the gifts were brought into the community garden, working together, everyone with their variety of gifts. If we only had everyone with shovels, we'd just be digging holes, <laughs> digging our own graves in the dirt, you know? But it's the variety of spiritual gifts from the Father used together in a community garden, working together in an organized fashion according to the plans and purposes of the Father, which is to till the soil, pull out all the weeds, <laughs> plant good seed, cover it back up, water it, but not too much, not, take care of it, look after it, if weeds pop up, if pests come in, we put up a little fence around it, got a little baby tree over there, it just can't quite stand on its own, we'll get a little little helper stakes and ropes around it, put a fence around it so the deer don't eat it. When that tree's full grown, the deer don't bother that tree. But we'll look after it until then. So it's everyone working together in a community garden. But if all your gifts are used for is just for your brain to sound smart, it's just a tool shed full of dust and rats and pests of all kinds. Thank you, Father, for cleaning up our gardening tools, washing them, 
Bring all your gardening tools today to the living water. Let's rinse them off, get them cleaned up, and bring them into the community garden of the body of Christ, house to house, sharing with each other, having fun out in the sunshine. It's like playing together in the dirt. <laughs> it's really fun. And I believe it's 21 times it's written in Acts and the epistles that they went house to house. And people say, well, isn't a house a building made by human hands? And that's not the point. Because what we're defeating is the once a week ritualistic um, services of the demons. It's the ritual that says I have a time in a building for God and then the rest of the time is for me. When the church was in the houses, all the time was for God. Because now this is where I live. So it's a 24-7 practice of his presence, the practice of righteousness. And that's why the only churches in the entire New Testament were house churches. We're going to go back to house churches, guys. Because we're going to go back to 24-7 practice of the presence of his glory. Amen. As it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. So, in his first coming, they, they came out of the synagogue system. It started with John the Baptist. Anyone that followed John and became a disciple of John was excommunicated from the synagogue. Then it got much more extreme. Most of John's, all of John's disciples became followers of Jesus. And then anyone that followed Jesus got kicked out of the synagogue. Remember first day of ministry? Jesus goes to his home synagogue in Nazareth and after reading the scroll of Isaiah, they take him to the edge of the cliff to throw him off. So the very first day of the Lord Jesus' ministry in the Bible, he's kicked out of the church because it's grassroots. It's organic. And that's really our commission and the program of God the Father, our destiny scroll, and most of us here right now, is to forerun the excommunication from religion and ritual into the river of life and into the freedom of the Garden of Eden for it to be a 24-7 practice of His presence. That it's the same brushing your teeth glory as it is prayer in the group glory. I feel the same energy of his glory, the power of his glory, all the time. And it, it's heightened when I'm around other believers, but then I go back into the glory I've cultivated in my own heart. And it doesn't matter what my body is doing, because my body is the temple of the inner man in union with God the Father. The glory is your inner man in union with God the Father, and the brain crucified with Christ is the yielding of the flesh and the bones and the blood to God the Father's sovereignty, His throne, His power. It's all about the submission to the Father. That's why you see incredible rebellion around anyone that walks with God the Father. People can walk with lower levels of glory. There'd be no persecution towards their ministry at all. But when you begin to walk with God the Father, it commands obedience of the flesh and the blood and the brain and the heart to yield to the creator 
that that man or woman, true disciple of the kingdom of heaven, walks in. And so that's when people go crazy on you because they refuse to repent and obey God in spirit. They like religion because they can still rebel in religion. Religion is the license of the fallen angels to still live in rebellion after you've heard the gospel. And then they pretend like they're right with God. They pretend like they're God's children. Jesus said they're the children of Satan. Didn't he? You, how many times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John did Jesus say the people he was talking to that are picking up rocks to stone them were the children of the devil? Multiple, multiple times. Because if they were the children of God, they would have rejoiced in his words. But instead, their words, his words, condemned their wickedness. The sword of the Spirit is the most powerful weapon. Hebrews 4.12. It's judgment. It's judgment upon demonic religion. It's judgment upon the hypocrites, Pharisees, whitewashed tombs, those who practice it externally, but not in spirit. See, God is spirit. He's only looking for spiritual union. Everything else is the devil, people. What is the eye of the needle? Right here, your spirit. People can't see their spirit, but you can feel it. It's like the wind. Can you live out of the invisible, eternal part of you? That's what faith is. And you grow in faith by growing in living in the invisible, eternal part of you. And that's the part of you that you have union with the Father. That's how you get wise. What is wisdom? You can't see wisdom. Wisdom is growing in that invisibility of his strength and power and faith in your inner man until your faith of your spirit is far superior in strength, in stature, than the outer man. Now you're spiritual giants. Now you're pillars in the temple of my God. <laughs> A continuous yielding of the outer man to the inner man. What is the dying to self? What is self? The soul. The soul is the fallen nature. And the soul is your heart, brain, and spinal cord. Your emotions, your mind, your brain, and your spine is your will. And it's the yielding of your soul to Christ in your spirit that is the dying, the death with Christ. It's not a one-time deal, people. If you go back, you get seven times worse. If you did not drink the new wine today, you are not fit to be a minister of the gospel. Today is the day of salvation. And in hearing the word of the Lord, harden not your hearts like those who perished in the wilderness because of their unbelief. And believe the word while it's still called today. You are always in the now moment of growing your spirit because your spirit wants to take over the natural realm. 
but can you get your spirit stronger than your flesh? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What is it going to take to get your spirit man built up over your natural man, which is called maturity or overcoming? Feasting. Feasting on divine revelation light. From the time you wake up in the morning, revelating. Revelating. How do you revelate? Read the word of God out loud. Put it in your spirit. Because it's seed. It will begin popping in your spirit like popcorn. Pop, 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 snap and crackle. And it will fill your inner man. So your spirit takes the word and shoots fire right up into your brain. Transformed or growing by the renewing of the mind, the brain. The spirit renews the brain and the brain progressively yields to the spirit until the spirit overruns the brain. And almost all leaders in the world are still mostly brain-led because that's just where we are in our level of maturity as a body of Christ. And there's grace for that. He allows the children to grow up. He's not beating them up for being immature. We're really still in a place of infancy as an entire body of Christ. It's true. We are not even close to as mature as we think we are. Most of the mysticism that people experience is very much God outside minded. Promised land is within. So I make sure you take your bones with you as you exit Egypt into Zion, like Joseph, who gave instruction about his bones. Because your bones won't go with you if you go into some external mysticism. <laughs> you'll still die, and you'll have spiritual experiences, but it just won't advance the kingdom at all. It's mostly just selfish. A lot of selfishness in the prophetic. What are you doing for the good of others? There is no greater love than laying your life down for your friends. How do you lay your life down for your friends and practice the greatest love that Jesus walked in and taught about? It is the pulling of the outer man into the inner man. It is the sacrifice of the soul to the Holy Spirit. What was incredible about Jesus was that his soul was perfectly submitted to the Holy Spirit every moment. Perfect sailing. He had the genetics for it because he was conceived of the Holy Spirit. So it was natural for him. But the wonder of the Son of God is watching his obedience to the Holy Spirit, how he flowed in the Holy Spirit, how his brain, his bones, his spine, his blood, was yielded to the Holy Spirit is some of the most important revelation for us to understand to become disciples like Jesus. Jesus was a disciple, wasn't he? Of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he was teaching his friends how to follow the Holy Ghost by coming out of the natural realm. Their consciences were seared from dead works, which was practicing religion. So the manifestations pre-Holy Ghost, pre-Pentecost, where the carnal man can't get it. It's like the old covenant man trying to walk in the new covenant before you have the Holy Ghost. You see the disciples struggling. It's bad, and I'm sure we would have done much worse. You know, really. 
You can't judge Doubting Thomas. You can't judge Mary Magdalene in whom the Lord drove out seven demons. Most of us, he drove out 7,000 demons. <laughs> and he's still driving them out. <laughs> so be very, very gracious to one another as you grow in spirituality. Growing in tender humility. Understanding how weak and foolish the carnal mind is. Never condoning the acts of sin. Never condoning wickedness or foolishness, but being patient. The fruit of the Spirit called patience. Now, there are different measurements for different places of leadership. He said the teachers will be judged more strictly. So if you are in a place of leadership, the, the level and the standard that heaven has for you is thousands of times harsher and more severe than someone that just asked Jesus into their heart and is coming out of drugs and alcohol. He's not going rushing into that person and just saying, you got to be perfect. He's just, the angels are rejoicing. You believe in Jesus. Yesterday you were practicing witchcraft. Today you're practicing token the ghost and you're feeling the glory and you know there's a real God now. You can feel God-like energy flowing through you, and you know that's Jesus. And so there are completely different standards for everyone in the body. God meets you where you're at, and trust me, you want your standards to rise. Oh, maturing in the Holy Ghost is the greatest pleasure on earth. And the Spirit of God will mature you as fast as you can grow and enjoy every level of the maturing of your mind. It's the renewing, the maturing of your mind. Our minds were once immature. We were mockers of Jesus. We were against his glory. All of our thoughts were vanity continuously. There was no wisdom in us until we found Jesus, and Jesus has been made our wisdom. And now our brains are progressively coming under the control of the Spirit of Jesus to have God as our Father. The children of God are like the Father Himself, and so you are being transformed physically in your brains to God the Father's characteristics and attributes <laughs> which are the fruits of the spirit you have all the fruits of the spirit coming off your head that the angels the glory of the angels can rest in the branches of your souls one of the names of Jesus is the righteous branch and I tell you what you get a whole body together of righteousness, of people practicing the glory of God burning in their hearts. You got the whole tree of life of many, many fruit-bearing branches. And those branches drip the fresh anointing oil. They're olive branches in the dove's mouth. These teachings from Brandon tonight are what the Lord Jesus calls training in righteousness. 
And we get really religious about what that means and the definitions and looking it up in whatever language it is. But when Abraham was credited as righteous, how? He believed what God told him. And it was transferred to his account as righteousness. What Brandon was saying, believing and feeling. You know you believe, not just in your mind. In your mind, if you just believe it in your head, that doesn't do anything. You'll still feel anxiety and fear about the situation. How do you know when you believe in your heart? You'll feel that relax. You'll be relaxed about it. You'll be trusting. If you trust, you relax. Because that's actual trust, actual belief. You feel it. And as you... And... and, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Going after heartburn. <laughs> and as he's sitting here preaching this, I can see and feel Jesus sitting in my body right now, wearing me. I see his face. And my lips burn with his internal kiss. And I can feel and see his oil pouring out my skin and into my eyes. And I know and I feel. He lives in me and I look at each one of you and I see him in you and I know and I feel. And I believe in my heart that he dwells in you. <laughs> and it's him in me that loves you. This is the love we have for one another his love. And I pray tonight that you feel it, believe it, and feel him inside you and inside each other. The sweet fellowship of the anointed one. Let his oil pour out at you. Relax into him and see him inside you. Be comforted by his love. Rest your souls on the heart of the Father. <laughs> we all know how John the Beloved laid his head on the heart of Jesus. But what I'm interested in is where Jesus was laying his head on the heart of the Father. And when John grew up as a love apostle, he had the same experiences of his big brother, the Lord Jesus, of his disciples laying their heads on, their, on his heart. And that's how the, the family and the kingdom of God the Father multiplies by those whose minds are drawn inward to the heart of God the Father inside disciples' hearts can only be discovered in each other's hearts. The canopy and the dome of glory that will come 
Right now, it's, we're in the Feast of Tabernacles, the Jewish Feast of Sukkot. And the Festival of Tabernacles is the only prophecy and celebration yet to be fulfilled. This is the one we're fulfilling now. The last feast to be prophetically fulfilled is the Feast of Tabernacles. And we will fulfill the Feast of Tabernacles by living in each other's hearts. I have found the promised land within you. I have found the kingdom of heaven inside believers' hearts. Did our hearts not burn within us as we walked with him along the way, illuminating the scriptures in the word of God written on the tablet of our heart? It has produced a canopy and a tent of meeting the presence of God. You're meeting the person of God when you go into the word written on fire. Notice it has to be mixed with blood. The word was made flesh and you are also all living epistles when God's words are written on the flesh of your heart. It has to mix with blood. Tabernacle of David is all the believers in the world whose hearts have God's promises written on them. And it projects a canopy of the glory of the presence of heaven on earth. You've all encountered hundreds of times the presence of darkness presence of fear, the presence of doubt and unbelief. Those are all the presence of demons called fallen angels. Now, by faith in the kingdom of heaven, you're going to encounter the presence of the tabernacle of each other's hearts built up in faith. And the fivefold remains until the body is built up in the perfection and the unity of the faith. So fivefold ministry right now will be at its peak. Not even close to dissolving. It dissolves away as all of our hearts produce the Feast of Tabernacles. You know what comes forth in Tabernacles? Kingship. From the apostles and prophets will come kings and lords of the kingdom age in the next under 200 years. <laughs> Amen. Bob Jones said, you got short-range plans, make long-range plans. You can be down here as long as you want. There's no 120-year cap. It's the new covenant. Death is swallowed up in victory. It is written in the New Testament. Behold, where is death sting? In your belief in it. In your faith in the natural realm. Your faith in the spirit of glory will supersede the doubt and unbelief that kills you by darkness in the natural realm. There's a promised land of eternal life unfolding within all our hearts combined. And where does God command his everlasting life? In the unity of the brethren. Psalms 133. There he commands everlasting life when our hearts are knit together as a tent 
or a tabernacle. It's also called the Feast of Shelters. Well, what happens when you take one temple, one shelter of the Holy Ghost, and sew it into another shelter with the words of God, with the eye of the needle, and the needle is working the fabric of love, the fabric of wisdom, and it's knitting all your hearts together to produce the shelter of heaven on earth. Isaiah chapter 4, and it will be a shelter from the scorching heat, and it will be a canopy of love and glory. Isaiah 4, 5. So it's the needle, the eye of the needle. What is it? the Holy Spirit working in you. He's trying to stretch your heart out to be the shelter of his presence. Fear, the attack of the enemy, the temptations of the evil one, keep your heart from being stretched out. I can't get vulnerable. I've been hurt too many times. We all have. We're all coming out of hell on earth. There ain't a person down here that hasn't gone through demonic torture. Not one. Because you're all coming out of sin, darkness, it's been a total nightmare. We're coming out of what's called the realm of the dead. This is the resurrection of the dead. So when you're amongst the dead, we're in hell. <laughs> we're tortured. We're tormented. We've come out of incredible amounts of hell on earth, incredible amounts of death, which is all the practicing of sin, living below the glory of God, for all have fallen short of the glory. So if you're under the glory, all have sinned. But when you rise up by believing the word and letting it work and sew your heart together with the Father's heart, knit together in union, the needle of union will completely sew your heart together with the Father's heart. You can live in that level of union. Don't you want to get sown to God the Father? Sow us, Holy Spirit, with your sewing fabric angels of wisdom and love. Sow all of our hearts to God the Father's heart, that we together can be a covering of the Father's heart by giving God our hearts for his tapestry. That's what all these tapestries represent. Because your heart is the tapestry of God, the wall hanging of God. The walls of God are made out of men and women's hearts. You walk through the gates of heaven. Hey, it says Peter's name right there. I'm walking through the pearly gates, the names of the apostles, the 12 tribes of Israel. These were men that served God with their heart. You walked right into the saint's heart. The gate was the heart of the saint that served God because he gave the fabric of his heart to be the very walls and gates of the kingdom of heaven. That's why it's called a living kingdom of a living God because it's made out of human hearts. Whereas the kingdom of hell is made out of human skulls. They're death. The kingdom of heaven is made out of human hearts and he keeps them beating and he keeps them alive. And all we have to do is get vulnerable. And there's grace, there's healing, there's oil, 
There's the spirit of counsel. There's the spirit of wisdom to work in the deepest places where you still hide so that he can stretch out your heart and make you part of the tent of meeting and a covering for others. So the most important thing after you're born again is that your heart becomes part of the very city of New Jerusalem. The foundations, the walls, the open heavens, the fountains, all of that because you've given your heart to God. He's a wise master builder. The wisdom of the master builder, also called the apostolic, is the building of human hearts. The foolishness of religion is building in the natural realm, Canaanite. The wisdom of the glory realm is building with the spirit life. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain and we know it's made up of living stones, many of whom the builders have rejected, excommunicated from the religious institution, from the systems of demons, to live with the angels, to live in heaven. Hebrews 11 says the world was not worthy of these men and women. <laughs> but God has prepared a city for them. And that city comes forth through our hearts sewn together. They will walk into your heart and they will walk into the city of glory. The very floors of gold are alive and speaking his praise. The walls are speaking his praise. The pearls, the waters, the light is alive and wrapping you in love and praising God praising the Lord Jesus, all of it fully energized with resurrection life. And all we had to do was give our heart to Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's eternal life is to know him in a real relationship. Every real relationship is built on what? Trust and love. Whatever you believe in, that's what you trust. So either you're believing the truth from God's perspective or you're believing it from Satan's perspective. One is life and the other one is death. Whoever you believe is who you trust. When your best friend comes and tells you something and some other person tells you a different story, you're inclined to believe your best friend because why? You trust them, you believe them. And that's what union is. It's built on, on love and trust with God and then with each other. In 1 John 3, 23 and 24, so these are his commands, that we continually place our trust in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and that we keep loving one another, just as he commanded us, for all who obey his commands find their lives joined in union with him and he lives and flourishes in them we know and have proof that he constantly lives oh, and <laughs> flourishes in us by the spirit that he has given us these are his commands 
that we continually place our trust in the name of his son Jesus and that we keep loving one another. Following those commands, those are the ones whose lives are joined in union with Christ. The roadmap to union with Christ in you, you believe him, you trust him, you trust what he said, his living word to you from God's perspective through his lens and loving one another by realizing Christ in you loves the other person and Christ in them loves you forsaking all the outer men that's union with Christ and it automatically is union with each other thank you Father for bringing our hearts deeper into union with you automatically knitting us together by realizing you right here inside us right now here and now by your grace floods of grace to melt all the prison bars and all the limitations off of each other for continual growth in union with you and union with each other in the name of Jesus Jesus said a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you Amen. Bless you guys. Father, I pray a rich blessing of the riches and glory, not just spiritual glory, but also physical, natural, kavod, financial, wisdom, glory upon all Red Letter Ministries partners in the world, that you would increase them mightily as they have tested you, Heavenly Father, in their finances by partnership with this apostolic ministry that you have set us apart to lead in the world that you would bless them and confirm to each one of their hearts what they should give and bless them as they give in major new and awesome ways in Jesus mighty name amen bless you guys we'll see you tomorrow